Welcome back to Ready to Listen, a podcast about digital learning, creativity, problem solving, and innovation. I'm your host, Troy Foster, and you might be wondering where we've been for the past six months. Well, we've been working on a new show called One Red Shoe. The One Red Shoe podcast takes a deeper look at our obsessions, like our favorite films, music, television, books, and creative pursuits. We talk to people who make stuff and people who love stuff that's already been made. We'll also be talking about other things like running and MotoGP and whatever else we find interesting. But while we were putting together our first few episodes, we had a great conversation with John Owens about marketing that we really wanted to share. It didn't fit into the shoe, so we thought we'd post it here for you. John describes himself as a bit of a marketing journeyman, and he's been involved in the industry as it's transitioned from print-based media through digital and onto social, and he's got some great insights. So, sit back, relax, and let's get ready to listen. Hi, John. Welcome to Ready to Listen. Thanks for joining us. No worries, Troy. Thanks for having me. Can you start by telling us a bit of your story and about how you got into marketing? Uh, a bit of a journeyman, actually, in that regard. I, uh, it, it, I guess it all started way back in 96 or the end of 95. I was actually in the uh, the, the mobile phone game and uh, a bit like Dave Hughes has got a quote or a bit where he, he got out of computing at about that time because he, who knew how big computers were going to get and, and at the same it was like oh you know I'd, I'd seen the the change from analog into digital and uh it was one of my first real jobs out of school and i was like yeah just had been in it about four or five years and uh wanted to get into multimedia at the time and uh ended up going to darwin to work for a company up there in their pre-press department, which basically took me everywhere away from multimedia. I, I basically was... I was just going to say pre-press? You might need to explain that for the young folks. Exactly. That's <laughs> right. So I was... Uh, uh, back then, We they had uh, they had quite a, uh, uh, a large catalogue business and I was basically doing the colour proofs, which were chemical proofs. So they would run out uh, these plates of a... Uh, of basically a, a, a huge old film machine. So these were these A2, A1 sized sheets of, of um, film. Then I would then basically spend my day walking in circles from the uh, developing bath through to uh, you know, a developing machine and, uh, and, and putting these film sheets onto this machine, which would um, pump out four colours, cyan, magenta, yellow, black, to come out eventually with a, with a colour proof for all the graphic design work that was being done uh, in another room. So through that, I eventually made my way as a, as a desktop publisher or a typesetter. You could even say graphic designer, though I never really had the chops to be called that. So I you know, really prefer a desktop publisher as a, as a, as a term. And yeah, Basically did that for about four or five years uh, and was yeah, constantly frustrated with all you're basically doing is laying out type and images and stuff and it's always somebody else's idea and somebody else's uh, uh, concept that you're trying to push through and you're already always having somebody standing behind your shoulder saying that a little bit smaller, that a little <laughs> bit bigger, can you move that to the left, can you justify that to the right? Uh, and 
so wanted to get my way into into marketing so I could have more uh, a seat at the table at at uh, coming up with the message. Oh, that's interesting. So approaching that from a more creative point of view. So looking at the the creative as being controlled through the marketing. Is that yeah. Fair to say? Well, yes, yeah, yeah. So basically, any anything that comes to the graphic design department is you know not not coming from a, a design aspect. It's coming from a marketing point of view. At some point, somebody's trying to sell something at some stage. So okay. that's that's you know when you're in a commercial setting, that's usually something's how it ends up on your desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah so somebody's come up with with some something, whether it's a, a message or a product that they want to sell. So 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 what aspect of that appealed to you? Uh, that's a great question. I, I guess probably uh, just, uh, I mean, I have always been a, a bit of a student of business in general and, and the way businesses operate. And uh, if, uh, though I didn't know it at the time, uh, in my learning since then, you've, you've come across uh, Drucker's um, quote, or definition of, of marketing, which the, you know the purpose of a business is to create a customer. Business only has two two functions, which is marketing and innovation. Everything else is is peripheral, really, or it's or it's a cost, it's a drain on the business. So wow. so the aim of marketing is to you know to, is to know the customer um, so well that the the product or service that you you're selling to them fits so perfectly that you know. You're not really selling anymore. So, so would would you say that that was something that appealed to you is that empathy for the customer's point of view? Yeah, and then just basically wanting more control <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, there's also that mind control component of marketing. It's like, we'll make you want what I want you to want. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And and well, just on just on a personal level, I wanted I wanted to be the telly, not the one being told. Right, <laughs> right. To do in my day. So, so okay. Yeah, so yeah. so uh, just trying to picture. So you walk in to walk it back. You had marketing people telling you enough where you went. Forget this. I'm going to be that guy. That's right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can relate to that. Mm. <laughs> So and okay, so that's so you've gone from print into marketing. What was your first uh, first marketing role like? Well, uh, that that came quite a while later. So print, uh, basically, graphic design was basically a bunch of a whole bunch of sort of production roles uh, and um, and administrative sort of support roles uh, for a number of years uh, until we moved back from uh, the Gold Coast to to Adelaide and then. Started with uh, a hair and beauty manufacturer here, family-run business, and and that was really the first first marketing. That was actually a role as an e-marketing coordinator, and uh, <laughs> at that time moved back and thought, oh, uh, got that job, moved back, and and the, the minute I got that job, I realised I better get a Facebook account. Um, <laughs> That was apparently hot with the kids back then, uh, and that was you know that that was sort of the plan was to try and uh, develop that side of things uh, more and more. But uh, then in in that role, very quickly the person above me uh, moved on, so I took over the the department, and it became a lot more of a, a general role. And at that time, um, hairdressers uh, and, and beauty salon owners were seen as quite computer illiterate or IT illiterate and they weren't putting a lot of focus in their online marketing though what changed all that was smartphones and 
and they uh, became so ubiquitous and then all of a sudden they, you know, customer base primarily women who are, you know, huge users of, of social media, uh, that just turned on its head basically overnight. So so, so uh, around what year are you talking? Uh, that was 2008. <clears throat> Excuse me, 2008, yeah. So that's that. Okay, that's interesting. So when you entered that, so it's still the sort of, because uh, I remember back even back further in 2000 when I was um, running around building websites and whatnot, there, there was an irony where, you would build a website and then you would have to promote the website using print and business cards and put your URL on everything. And yeah, and then now it's like, oh, you still have one of those old things, those websites. Okay. (laughs) We might stumble across it after we look at your Facebook and your Instagram and you... Exactly. And it's interesting you say that that felt like it turned really quickly. Yes, yeah. So, so around what time would you say that ter- that started to turn? Oh, uh, yeah, still like so. There was two thousand eight. I started with those guys, but probably yeah, still about a couple of years, I suppose, um, for it to become so ubiquitous, so, so that everybody had it on their phone. I suppose so two thousand and ten. So, uh, and you're right. You know, um, certainly in that industry, they were very slow with online. Uh, sales, just the industry as a whole. Uh, there was uh, a, a distributor setup where wholesalers or manufacturers would sell to wholesalers and wholesalers would sell to the salons. And we were two or three steps away removed from the customer. But very quickly, consumers were wanting to go to the source and just just buy from right. uh, from the manufacturer. They wanted to cut out the middleman, and and, uh, and they were very resistant to that. So the, the business was resistant to the, the to business that. was was very resistant, and the industry as a whole was really resistant to it as well. But but that has changed now in in recent years. So was that due to um, the not having the infrastructure to support that potentially? Uh, certainly, from a manufacturer's point of view, in in this particular case, yes. You know, they they were only set up to sell pallets at a time right um the uh to sell individual and pack and send type stuff would have sent them broke at the, at the time but even though that's what they they yeah ultimately end up having to do so interesting uh, yeah so the yeah so eventually the demand the market demand pushed them into that space yes even though somewhat reluctantly yeah that's interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, what, what sort of technologies were first emerging? You mentioned Facebook, and how did that transition from what you'd been doing into something new? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, in that particular space, uh, it was the challenge. Like I said, was that we were two or three steps removed from our end customers. So, but even from a a B two B level, direct marketing, you know, uh, lumpy mail. Uh, as they call it, you know, a, yeah, that's right. We get a promotional piece, and it's got the, you know, got a bit of swag in it. Oh um, right, right. Uh, that uh, that was becoming, you know, a, a little bit ha- harder to find cut through from that. So, um, um, using you know, social media and stuff like that was was a very cost effective way to to, to get uh, direct to the consumer, especially and uh, and and elevate your brand in a very crowded market. So. Um, yeah, and the the web in general, which was good. I mean, the, the the struggle with that as well. It was such a hard time in as far as 
the quotes we were getting to do web redesigns were just astronomical <laughs> and it would take forever and it would be like having a baby and you finally get it up and it's like, oh, well, this is basically wrong because technology's moved so fast. I mean, they still need to redo it all over again. So uh, then you started seeing this proliferation of, and I know it's not perfect by any means and people will be cringing when you hear this, but when they hear this, but WordPress and uh Wix and now there's a whole bunch of those other sort of uh, Squarespace, 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 of course. Uh, pick it off the sh- off the shelf <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and run with it type type programs. So right, uh, which makes it a, lo- uh, a lot more cost effective to to you know to keep keep current on your websites and uh, and because what we were finding is like the things we're asking for aren't world-breaking here there must right. be so many people why why are we paying for all this development for something that just everybody must be using why can't we just F- figure it out yourself yeah or basically there, there must be so many examples of you know that's almost exactly what we want can't we put our logo on it right and and that's where oh, you know a lot of themes there's plenty of shopify type themes and all of those sorts of things that uh, that people can use these days which is great so well that's been an interesting trend that i've noticed in design as well generally speaking is there's been this sort of confluence to everything looks roughly similar and it's um you know if you follow jacob nielsen the usability expert um the guy that he started out doing the Apple interface, like the first WYSIWYGs for Apple. And his argument is that from a user's point of view, if you make it easy and it looks familiar, they'll know what to do. Mm. And your objective when you're selling something online is get me to my objective now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you make it as easy as possible, which is sort of it goes against when I first started in design. It was like, I want to impress you. I want to do something you've never seen before. And so you go, wow, where's the button? <laughs> that's right yes yeah. which is great for you you know for your design um your design class but it's not so great for getting your customer to their to their um uh shopping cart yes exactly yes yeah interesting yeah um what are some of the common misconceptions that people have so uh i've got a background in writing and graphic design and i always laugh that i've sort of picked professions where there's always someone who knows how to do it better yeah uh because because they write so they know how to write yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and the, you know graphic design is like a lot of people seem to feel like they've seen a lot of pictures they've read a lot of magazines so they can point out how to do graphic design mm. and and i feel like marketing is probably one of those spaces as well where there's a lot of people looking over your shoulder that oh no i know i've I know a bit about marketing. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, I buy things, so I must know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen commercials. Yeah, that's right. Uh, look, a couple of things. One of the things is they they see it as the silver bullet. It's the uh, it's it is going to solve all the problems of the organisation overnight. We, you know, right. You know what's. All we need is to get some more marketing. Yes, if we, we have, get some more of that. Then. We have problem X. We need a brochure. That, you know, yep. uh, that's we need to get flyers out there, uh, and that is uh, that's a little frustrating. The other thing is uh, that let's you know, basically let's you know, let's just run an ad. So it, it's it's this belief. Uh, like I was in an Uber last night, and I was at an intersection where one of our billboards was up. I said, oh, I posted that billboard. And we sat there for about five minutes and the, you know, the 
three of us, I think, we were in the car and we yeah, looked at it and uh, and drove away. She goes, yeah. So so what do you what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, and the within the organisation, everybody loves the billboard because everybody gets told, oh, we saw your billboard on the on the, um, Anzac Highway there. It looks great. That's fantastic. And it makes the people in the organisation feel warm and fuzzy. So right. anybody who knows the brand, it's good, for I guess, from that perspective because it reinforces the brand, but it's clearly not effective in cutting through to uh, to people with new the, people out there. The conversions. Cutting. That's right. Uh, and really the way forward is, is finding your niche, finding your networks, uh, getting referrals and uh, that real just boots on the ground marketing solutions as opposed to uh, billboards, ads, uh, television. Uh, you know, people people think that they're – and those things are great if you've got a, a, a budget. You need right. a realistic budget and um, – you know, it's kind of like the adage with the when can you when can you drop your logo, uh, your name off your logo like uh, Nike, Nike does, right? You know? and, and the answer to that is well, in a, in a hundred years or a hundred million dollars, whichever comes first. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that before. That's that's good. Um, pro- pro- probably the last question I have for you is: Have you been asked to make something go viral yet? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of misconceptions, that's yeah, a story yeah. I've, I've heard that from quite a few marketing people where management's come down and gone, we just need you to make this go viral. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice uh, one. Yeah. Well, man, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Okay, no worries. No, it's been great. Thanks, Troy. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed our chat. You can find John on LinkedIn and keep the marketing conversation going. And please, if you like what we do, check out the One Red Shoe podcast. You can subscribe in all the usual places. Thanks again and keep on listening.